Hello, hello, and welcome or welcome back to the Live Label Free Podcast. I'm very excited for today's topic, all about food needing to make sense. But perhaps I'm even more excited to share that the Rainbow Girl audiobook has officially launched. Woohoo! If you've listened to previous episodes of the Live Label Free podcast or follow me on Instagram at Live Label Free, you know I've been spending the past few months pouring my heart and soul into the recording of this audiobook and Honestly, I couldn't be more proud to share it with you today. It's definitely been a battle with perfectionism. I'm telling you, recording over 8 hours of audio is no joke. But all the wonderful feedback on Rainbow Girl and all the messages asking when the audiobook is coming out just kept motivating me to set up that dang microphone and read you my story. Whether you've already read the hard copy of Rainbow Girl or haven't even heard of the book, you can now immerse yourself in my story in a whole new way. Whether you're folding laundry, walking the dog, or relaxing with your favorite drink, I just cannot wait for you to listen to my memoir all about growing up undiagnosed autistic, how this led to the development of an eating disorder, and all the steps I took to fully recover and become label-free. To listen to the Rainbow Girl audiobook, simply head over to livelabelfree.com forward slash Rainbow Girl, select the audiobook option, and get those headphones on and get to listening. Oh yeah, and also, if you enjoy Rainbow Girl, it would mean so much to me if you could leave a rating and review on Amazon or Goodreads or wherever else you purchased the book from. Not only do reviews show you support and show you love, but they help other people to find Rainbow Girl so we can shed light on autism and eating disorder stories of lived experience. Thank you so much in advance for taking the time to show you love and support. And now, let's get into today's episode all about food needing to make sense. Gotta put one foot in front of the other And you'll be around the corner soon Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast where you'll learn to let go of limiting labels and embrace your unique brain. As my mom says so beautifully in her song, Which is why on this podcast, you'll learn the scientific links between neurodiversity and eating disorders, giving you a deeper understanding of how you can face your fears and become truly free. Together, you and me, we will keep putting one foot in front of the other. One of the most common phrases I hear in my work with autistic individuals dealing with eating disorders is that food needs to quote unquote make sense. 
If I could summarize my own history with anorexia as an autistic person, it would most definitely be that phrase. And if you are Dutch, um, that phrase is het moet klopper. And because I am Dutch and I grew up in a Dutch household and both my parents are Dutch, and many of our conversations were in Dutch and still are, and but especially were during my eating disorder, I just remember so many times where I would have a panic attack or a meltdown or wouldn't be able to eat something at a certain time or eat something else because I said, um, head moet klopper, or I would say, you know, it needs to make sense. And right now, it doesn't. Um, so to kind of explain what I mean here, for us autistics, the perspective of food and eating obviously makes sense in our brain. But by definition, something making sense is a subjective experience. Therefore, it can be difficult and perhaps even impossible for outsiders without lived experience to comprehend what goes on in the mind of an autistic person who has this perception of food needing to make sense. In this podcast episode, I will break down what is often meant by the phrase food needs to make sense in an effort to provide an objective perspective that can be accommodated with compassion. First of all, it can be helpful to define the phrase make sense. According to the Cambridge English Dictionary, make sense is an idiom that means to be clear and easy to understand. But this definition begs the question, what does it even mean for something to be clear and easy to understand? Well, going back to the dictionary, the definition of understand is to know the meaning of something. So, for something to make sense, we must be able to attach knowledge to whatever it is we are referring to. For example, say you are learning how to read. You've never tried reading before, so you also have no clue of what letters look like or that they accompany sounds or that they can even form something called words when placed in a certain order. Now, imagine someone placed a book in front of your face and said, read this. You would ask, what? And they'd repeat, read this. Just read the words in front of you right now. Well, as you can imagine, because you have no knowledge of how to read, you'll likely think, well, none of this makes sense. I mean, that's pretty much what anyone would say if they were reading gibberish. Yet, it's not that the gibberish doesn't make sense, it's that our brains cannot make sense out of something we don't have knowledge of. I mean, it's the same reason when you read Chinese, and you've never learned how to read Chinese before, it's not going to make sense. Not because the language doesn't make sense, because if that was the case, then other people wouldn't be able to read Chinese, but it's because your brain cannot make sense of whatever's in front of you because you don't have any prior knowledge attached to the Chinese letter symbols. So anyways, how does all of this apply to food? Well, most non-autistic people do this thing called intuitive eating. They can sense when they're hungry, and they can sense when they're full. Because they possess the knowledge that this uncomfortable feeling of hunger can be resolved by eating a certain amount of a certain combination of foods, it quote-unquote makes sense for them to turn this knowledge into a sequence of actions. So, for example, getting up, opening the fridge, grabbing some leftover pasta, and eating it. And as they're eating, there's this 
deep instinctual part of their body that tells their brain they don't really want what they're eating anymore. In other words, they're satisfied or they're full. Again, their brain links this signal to the knowledge that being satisfied equates to stopping consumption. Simple enough, right? Well, autistic brains and bodies work a bit differently. First of all, autistic people tend to struggle with a sense called interoception. Along with the well-known five senses, taste, touch, sight, smell, and hearing, there are three more lesser-known senses, proprioception, vestibular, and interoception. Interoception is responsible for communicating how we feel on the inside, so whether you're hungry, thirsty, too hot, too cold, need to pee, that is all controlled by your interoceptive awareness. If you lack interoceptive awareness, which many autistic people do, you are literally not able to make sense of what is going on inside your body. In other words, you do not possess the knowledge of what you need to do to regulate yourself. And because you can't seem to find the answer inside, you look for it on the outside. You look at what other people are eating. You adhere to serving sizes. You watch what I eat in a day videos and calculate your recommended daily calories on some website that's most likely recommending you to starve. Suffice to say, Part of the reason autistic people have rules around food is because they're trying to externally make sense of something they're struggling to make sense of internally. I remember so many times where I would get caught up in doing strenuous mental gymnastics, calculating all the different options that would allow a certain meal to make sense. If I was eating slices of bread, I would weigh them to ensure their actual weight was the same as on the package, and if it was higher, I would cut corners off the bread because only then did the bread make sense. In other words, my knowledge of what the bread was supposed to be was fully dependent on something I could see, the nutrition label, that for the bread to make sense, my reality had to align with that knowledge. This idea of food needing to make sense obviously surpasses this serving size example and extends into the times at which you eat, what types of foods you can eat, the way the food has to look on the plate. I mean, I could go on. While this difficulty and mental approach to food and eating likely causes any quote-unquote normal person to get a headache, this is where autistic people are inherently very adaptive. Because we do have this trait of things needing to make sense, we structure our life in such a way that things start to make sense by default, aka we no longer have to actively make sense of things. By eating the same thing every day, at the same time every day, in the same way every day, we are simply executing knowledge we already possess. Going back to our definitions of make sense and how it directly ties to knowing something, repeating the same actions day in and day out saves us from the mental effort that accompanies the acquiring of new knowledge. Rules, calorie numbers, the way something looks, these are all ways of making knowledge tangible, which obviously cannot be achieved inside the body.
So what next? How do you free yourself from the self-imposed rules and restrictions? Where do you start when it comes to living a life of abundance and one in which you are embracing your autistic preferences without being confined to the cage of an eating disorder? You create new knowledge which of course is terrifying, but if you've made it this far, you've already acquired a heck of a lot of knowledge. Obtaining even more knowledge means entering a space that is safe enough for you to take new actions. Taking these new actions will initially not make sense, but remember, that's only because your brain doesn't yet possess the knowledge attached to these new actions. If you want to learn from someone who's learned how to create a new sense of self and free yourself from an eating disorder as an autistic person, be sure to schedule a consultation call for one-on-one -on -one coaching at livelabelfree.com forward slash coaching or click the link in the show notes. And as I mentioned at the top of this episode, be sure to grab your copy of the Rainbow Girl audiobook if you haven't already. All the links will be in the show notes. I hope to talk to you soon, my friend, whether that be on a live coaching call, through my audiobook, or just in the next podcast episode. Bye bye for now. Just one foot in front of the other, and you'll see around the corner soon. This podcast has been recorded by your host, Liv. This podcast has been edited by my small but mighty Live Label Free team and the beautiful song One Foot in Front of the Other that you are now listening to was written and recorded by my beautiful mom, Louise Alexandra. I am so grateful for my team and everyone who supports Live Label Free. Together, we are always stronger.